Hello. How are you? I dissociated for two seconds there. Because <laughs> I didn't think we were going to start like that. Uh, hi. Yeah. Well, we can start over. Do you want to? No, it's fine. Okay. We're good. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cheers from the Grave. I'm Erica. And I'm Nicole. And Stephanie is not here today. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> She's busy doing other things, but that's okay. She'll be back next time. That comeback was wild, though. That was the best comeback reuniting ever. That was the best. That was the best. I had so much fun recording that day. Uh, it's been a long time since the three of us were in the room, and it, we went wild. Yeah, I haven't hung out with her in so long either. Aww. We got pizza afterwards. I know. I saw, and I was jealous. I was like, God damn it. It's not your fault you live out here in VFE. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> bumfuck, right? You guys went to Mellow Mushroom or something, didn't you? Or Lazy Moon. Lazy Moon. Oh, I love... Oh, it's good. So you have noticed, like, the pizzas there. Yeah, they're huge, but they're also very, very thin. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's, like, I don't know. It's, like, overhyped. But, I mean, it's cool having a pizza that's, like, the size of your torso. <laughs> but it's, like, very, very, very thin. So, so it's, it's like, eating, like, two regular pizzas. I was just going to say. So it's not, like, you're... It, it, it looks like a lot, but really in... It's not. It's not. Oh, okay. It's enough to, like, satiate you, but yeah. it's, like, unless you're, like, you eat, like, a little bird, yeah. Yeah. You'll, you can finish it. That's cool. So I heard you guys got sage for the house. Yeah. I bought the sage, too. When I got home, my mom's like, yeah, burn that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You got some stuff going on in your house, too? Or? We had um, some of the neighbors come over, and, like, she doesn't really like them. Uh, and she's like, I don't know, the vibe is off. So I was just like burning the sage in the house. I was like, the neighbors were like coming in and out. And I'm like, be gone. <laughs> <laughs> be gone, Satan. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Uh, so it is December 1st. Actually, well, not right now. It's like still November and it's past my birthday now. My birthday has come, come and gone. Scorpio season. Scorpio season for the win. Yeah, my birthday was November 20th, and when this comes out, it's December 1st, so it would have been long, long past. But anyway, um, yeah, December, we're going to have a lot of cool stuff for you guys for this month. Um, definitely some Christmas-themed things. Yes. So it's going to be exciting. I'm ready. Are you, are you just watching that dump truck just, just roll on kind by? Of. <laughs> Every time I come over to your house, the ice cream truck is always there. Always. I think it just waits for me. It probably does. Because every time I park and I get out, it starts doing the circles in the the yeah. roundabout there. Every time. Maybe it has a tracker on your car and maybe it's like... I'm scared. Maybe they're like scoping you out. They're going to... Okay, that ice cream truck is definitely just a drug thing. <laughs> of course it, it has is. to be. <laughs> oh, of course it is. <laughs> Yo, you got anything else besides ice cream? They have everything. Oh my God. All right. So anyway, yeah, welcome to back to Cheers from the Grave. Um, you want to just kick this episode off with, I'll, I'll wow. You kick it off. Eat. All right. <clears throat> so yeah, I guess I'll start. So today's episode for my portion, I decided to do the West Virginia Penitentiary. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in 1863, during the American Civil War in West, uh, West Virginia, decided that they wanted to go like, F this, we don't want anything to do with Virginia anymore. So they became their own state. And because they decided to leave Virginia and become their own state, they had a shortage of various public institutions that also included prisons. 
So from 1863 to 1866, Governor Arthur Borman had lobbied the new state for a penitentiary, but kept getting shot down, which is like, you guys all decided to become your own state and be free from Virginia themselves. Yeah. But F if we're going to actually like what? How does I don't understand how that made sense, but whatever. Um, so the legislator, the legislator at first directed him to use existing county jails, but this turned out to be inadequate. Legislator finally decided to take action after nine prisoners escaped in 1865. And the local press was like, why are you guys being so stupid? Build a freaking pen already. So finally, in February 7th of 1866, the state legislator finally approved to purchase land in Moundsville for the purpose of building a state prison. They built a temporary wooden prison nearby that summer while officials decided what curtains basically would go best with the bars. So, like, they were like, let's build a temporary prison made out of wood, and then we're going to figure out how to design this and then go from there. <laughs> so the construction... Of the first construction of the first phase was done in 1876, and the state used prison labor to help with the cost. So for a while, the prison was pretty self-sufficient. In the early 1900s, the prison had carpentry shop, paint shop, wagon shop, stone yard, brickyard, blacksmith, tailor, bakery, and a hospital. They also had their own prison farm utilized by inmate labor, which helped the prison financially. They also had a prison coal mine about a mile away that opened up in 1921 that helped with energy costs. Conditions at the prison uh, during the turn of the 20th century were actually fairly adequate, uh, according to uh, Warden's reports, which stated that both quantity and the quality of all purchases of material, food, and clothing have been very gradually but steadily improved, while the discipline has become more nearly perfect and the exaction of labor less stringent. Education was a priority for the inmates during this time, and they regularly attended classes. Construction of a school and a library was completed in 1900 to help reform and educate inmates. However, over the years, conditions did become worse with overcrowding, which then turned into prison riots, gambling, and even rapes occurring. One of the more notable homicides that took place was the murder of R.D. Wall, inmate number 44670, he was accused of snitching on one of his fellow inmates and was attacked while heading to the boiler room by three prisoners with shifts. Also, fun fact, Charles Manson actually requested to be transferred to this prison. I guess. <laughs> he want, because he wanted, he wanted to be closer to his family, okay. apparently. Uh, which family he wanted to be close to is who knows who is, is completely up in the air. <laughs> um, but his request was denied. However, the letter of his request is actually um, hanging up in the prison, you know, in the museum portion of the prison. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, on January first of nineteen eighty six, um, it was uh, there was an infamous riot that occurred. Um, the Western, or excuse me, the West Virginia Penitentiary was undergoing many changes and problems. Uh, security had become extremely loose in all areas. Since it was a cons prison, most of the locks on the cells had been picked and inmates roamed the halls freely. Bad plumbing and insects caused rapid spreading of various diseases, and the prison was holding more than 2,000 men and crowding was an issue. Another major contribution to the riots uh, cause was the fact that it was a holiday. Many of the officers had called off work and prisoners planned to conduct their uprising on this specific day. 
So at around 5.30 p.m., 20 inmates stormed the mess hall where Captain Glassock and others were on duty. Within seconds, five other officers and a food service worker were tackled and slammed onto the floor. Inmates put knives to their throats and handcuffed them to their own hand, like and handcuffed them with their own handcuffs. Although several hostages were taken throughout the day, none of them were actually seriously injured. However, over the course of the two-day upheaval, three inmates were killed um, for an assortment of reasons, and the inmates who initiated the riot were not prepared to take charge of it. So Danny Lehman, the Avengers president, was quickly agreed upon as best suited for the task of negotiating with authorities and presenting the demands of the media or to the media. Yet Lehman was not part of the 20 men who began the riot. Governor Arch A. Moore went to the penitentiary to talk with the inmates. The meeting set up a new list of rules and standards of which the prison would build. National and lo local news also covered the story as well as the inmates meeting with Governor Moore. So... I mean, you know what that reminds me of? Have you ever seen Orange is the New Black? Yeah. So remember that prison ride that they had? Yeah. That's literally what this reminded me of. Because hmm. conditions were so poor, prisoners were just like, this is fucking ridiculous. So they literally held a riot. The huge. Yeah, the huge. <laughs> to be like, this is bullshit, you know. But anyway, moving on. Executions, of course, with uh, state penitentiaries comes at executions. Uh, the stick... This took place in the northern area of the facility. And so from 1899 to 1959, 94 men were executed at the prison. Hanging was the method of execution until 1949, with 85 men uh, meeting that fate. The public could attend the hearings until June 19th of 1931. And on that day, Frank Heiler was executed for murdering his wife. When the trap door beneath him opened and his full weight settled on the noose, he was instantly decapitated. Following this event, attendance at hangings was by invitation only. Okay. <laughs> like, that's like, <laughs> that's fucked up, man. Uh, the last man executed by hanging was Bud Peterson from Logan County. Uh, he was buried in the prison cemetery because his family refused to claim his body. And so then beginning in 1951, electrocution became the means of execution. Uh, the electric chair was nicknamed Old Sparky and was used by the prison originally built by an inmate there, Paul Glenn. Nine men were uh, electrocuted before the state prohibited capital punishment entirely in 1965. The original chair is on display in the facility and is included on the official tour, which I want to go on. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll plan a day. We will. Yeah, we'll totally plan a day. It's in West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, Everything's in West Virginia. Yeah, it's like just a hop, skip, and jump, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a couple hours in the we'll, car. We'll plan a weekend. Yeah, yeah, totally. So on to the ghosts. So hauntings have been reported as early as the 1930s. During this time, it was reported that an inmate could be seen walking along the maintenance area where prisoners were not allowed. Some guards would actually set off the alarms, and when they would go investigate, nobody would be there. There's a spirit that's called the Shadow Man. He lurks in the midst of the shadows and has no distinguishable features. Many believe that he was the former guard, and others believe he was the former inmate. So um, there's also a room called the Sugar Shack. Uh, it was a room created for recreation for the inmates when conditions outside were not permissible. The room was located in the basement, and here you can hear people arguing or talking um, and you can even hear whispers. There are unexplained noises and also cold spots. 
It's believed that this area is also haunted by a maintenance man who once worked there. He snitched a lot on prisoners. (laughs) And you know what they say about snitching. Yes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Snitches get stitches. Or however. Um, Let's see here. So because he snitched a lot on the prisoners, uh, he was actually stabbed to death with shivs while he was in the bathroom. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. Poor guy, man. Just, but he deserved it. He's just sitting there in the bathroom taking a shit, and all of a sudden, prisoners just storm in. That's and such just, like a vulnerable place. Just stab the crap out of you. Literally. That would be the worst way to go. That sucks. But after he died, people have seen him wandering around the basement area and then afterwards reported equipment malfunctions. Uh, the North Wagon Gate, where the area once held its executions by the gallows, is the oldest structure and home of one of the most active ghosts. A man by the name of Orville Atkins was hanged there in 1938. He was condemned for kidnapping a minister who was later found dead. His execution was actually botched. So, oh God. as the noose was placed around his neck, a nervous assistant pulled the trap door a little bit too quickly and Orville fell about 20 feet to the stone walkway. He was stunned and hurt, but still alive. So then they just decided to pull him back up to the scaffold and hang him correctly. <laughs> like, Dude. How fucked? <laughs> that's, Dude. That's the worst. And that's probably one of the reasons why they didn't have, like, you know... that's so bad so to this day you can still hear his footsteps pacing slowly back and forth Uh, visitors of the north wagon gate say that the area exudes an evil feeling and they feel as if they're being watched mysterious sounds and voices has all um, have also been captured by evps and ghosts of those who have been hanged can sometimes be seen the north hall is also another place where there's a lot of activity. Uh, it's where the worst offenders were housed for violent behavior they exhibited while inside the actual prison. Even though they were locked up for 23 hours a day, two murders still occurred. There was a biker named Danny who was stabbed in the eye and died of hemorrhaging. Uh, there was also another named William Red Snyder. He was convicted of murdering his parents and dismembering their corpses. He was not very well liked within the prison, and was involved in a lot of fights. He was actually attacked in his cell and was fatally stabbed 37 times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In the North Hall, there have been photographic anomalies, equipment malfunctions, sounds of cell doors banging while no one is around. Uh, People who have visited Red Snyder's cell have said to feel very uncomfortable. Um, There's also another hotspot that's located at the entrance gate, which was used to separate arriving inmates from the warden's living quarters. Apparently, the circular cage turns periodically by itself, giving the impression that the spirits of criminals are still arriving at the prison. Um, In solitary confinement, people have reported feeling cold spots and the feeling of someone touching their back. And throughout the prison, visitors and staff have reported seeing glimpses of apparitions, smelling of unpleasant odors, strange noises, echoes, feelings of being watched, and disembodied voices that say, help, I'm trapped. Visitors have also uh, reported the feeling of being brushed, tapped, and even shoved by invisible hands. Cameras have also captured ghostly mists, 
faces, figures, and orbs. Some have seen prisoners in uniforms walking in the halls and also disappearing into the walls. So that's basically about it. My only concern, like, you know, like when people say like orbs, like if they take pictures and they're like, oh my God, look at all the orbs in the mm -hmm. picture. I am so torn when it comes to orbs as evidence because of like, there's so many other factors that can be involved, like dust, moisture, yeah. bugs. And especially in a very old setting like a prison where there could be a lot of dust around, like, yeah, I'm always sketchy when people say I got an orb on film or anything because it's like, eh, I don't know. But yeah, that's that's Western, that's West Virginia Penitentiary. Okay. Hooray. It's like a lot of these places are haunted. Yeah, all these penitentiaries because there's just so much shit that happened Yeah, in them, you know? So I would not be surprised. One day, one day I'm going to go. There's that one, and Eastern State is another place that I want to go at some point because, oh, my God, I want to go. So what you got? So here's what I got for you. What you got for me? Because it is technically coming out on December 1st. That's true. That's the start of our December cryptids. Yeah. And I'm excited. I am a special doodlebug and completely forgot to do a Christmas theme for this episode. It's okay. We still have three more weeks. We do. Well, two, kind of. It's okay. We got this. Yes. So, so what you got? For the first cryptid of December, yes. I have kind of... I was going to say three, but it's technically like 17 oh, <laughs> in total. But I'm going to be talking about like the Icelandic Christmas folklores. And this one in particular depicts mountain dwelling characters and monsters who come to town during Christmas. The stories are mostly directed at children and are used to scare them into good behavior. I love it. So it's like everything that happens in December. You don't get presents yep. unless you behave. Yes. But these folklores include both mischievous pranksters who leave gifts during the night and monsters who eat disobedient children. <laughs> the figures, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Spoiler alert, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, these figures are depicted as living together as a family in a cave. Huh. So it's all of them together. So the first one is Gryla and Lepaludi. Gryla is a giantess with an appetite for the flesh of mischievous children who she cooks in a large pot. And her husband, Lipaludi, is lazy and mostly stays at home in their cave. Me. Yes, yeah, same. <laughs> Number two, I'm going to go into detail on them. The second one we have is what you told me about. Okay. The correct. Yule Cat. Oh, yeah, the Yule Cat. Yes. yes. So the, the Yule Cat is a huge and vicious cat who lurks about the snowy countryside during Christmas time and eats people who have not received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. <laughs> so that's pretty <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> That's so sad. So the Yule Cat's basically like, you're starting, you're wearing the same fit as last year. You're dead. <laughs> you have you gotta no flex. style. You have to flex you have on Christmas. no style. I'm going to eat you because you're poor. Jesus. I know. It's awful. <laughs> That's, God damn. <laughs> Goodness. And the last set here that I'm going to talk about are the Yule Lads, or okay. the Yule Laddies, as some people call them. But yeah. they are the sons of Gryla and Lepaludi. They are a group of 13 mischievous pranksters who steal from or harass the population and 
all have descriptive names that convey their favorite way of harassing people. Oh my God. <laughs> we'll get into it. And they come to town one by one during the last 13 nights before Christmas. They leave small gifts and shoes that children have placed on windowsills. But if the child has been disobedient, they instead leave a potato in the shoe. Uh, I thought you were going to say they're going to leave something else in the shoe. No, you get a potato in your shoe. <laughs> See, we still don't know if it's like a, like a fresh potato or like an old nasty potato. And you put your foot in there. Uh, pay attention. Uh, <laughs> But these Christmas-related folktales first appear around the 17th century and display some variation based on region and age. In modern times, these characters have taken on a slightly more benevolent role, so they're not as scary as they used to be. Oh, okay. But let's start with Gryla. Yes. So the oldest poems about Gryla describe her as a parasitic beggar who walks around asking parents to give her their disobedient children her plans can be thwarted by giving her food or by chasing her away originally she lives in a small cottage but in later poems she appears to have been forced out of town and into a faraway cave current day gryla has the ability to detect children who are misbehaving year-round during christmas time she comes from the mountains to search nearby towns for her meal she leaves her cave hunts children and carries them home in her giant sack <laughs> she devours children as her favorite snack her favorite dish is a stew of naughty kids for which she has an insatiable appetite according to legend there is never a shortage of food for gryla oh my Lord. a lot of misbehaving children out there and also according to the folklore gryla has been married three times she a player yeah her girl. third husband which is lipaluti is said to be living with her in this cave in the lava fields with the big black Yule cat and their sons. Lepaluti is, is lazy and mostly stays at home. Gryla supposedly has dozens of children with her previous husbands, but they are rarely mentioned. So, and I couldn't find anything about those previous kids. What did she do with her previous husbands? Does she eat them? Probably. She a praying mantis? Yeah, she's probably like, now nah, I'm out. <laughs> she's hungry. Yo, I'm done. Babe, I'm, I'm done with this relationship. I'm going to throw you in the oven now. <laughs> He's just like, what the fuck? Kyle's done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Alrighty, so that's Gryla. Okay. And then let's get into the Yule Cat. Mm -hmm. So, like I said before, the Yule Cat is huge and vicious, who is described as lurking about the snowy countryside during Christmas time and eating the new the people who have not received the new clothes. Oh, jeez. He is the house pet of Gryla and her sons, though referred to as an ancient tradition where in accounts of the Yule Cat have only been located as recently as the 19th century. The threat of being eaten by the Yule Cat was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. So you need the I mean, new wool and new clothes. That makes sense. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ones who took part in the work would be rewarded with new clothes, but those who did not would get nothing and thus would be preyed upon by the monstrous cat. <laughs> oh, no. The cat has alternatively been described as merely eating away the food of the ones without new clothes during Christmas feast. The, percep the perception of the Yule Cat as a man-eating beast was partially popularized by poems of Johannes or Kotlum, as with the rest of the folklore. Oh, man. So that's the cat. Can you just imagine? 
<laughs> Work hard or the cat's going to eat you. <laughs> Yo, that that's got to be, oh, my gosh. I've seen pictures of the cat, too, and it's just, it's creepy as shit, man. It's big. Mm-hmm. It's big. And then I would, now we're going to get into the Yule Lads, which are my favorites. I just had to describe the rest of the family of first. But yeah. the Yule Lads, sometimes named the Yuletide Lads, the Yule Laddies are the Yule Men. They are the sons of Gryla, and they are a group of 13 mischievous pranksters who steal from or otherwise harass everyone. And they come to town one by one during the last 13 nights. And like I said before, you either get a gift or you get a potato. Oh, Jesus. Well, at least you're not getting eaten. I mean, yes. it could be worse. But a potato. I would I don't, rather I don't, a potato than I don't want eaten. a potato. I would rather have a potato than get eaten, to I be mean, honest. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's either you get eaten by Gryla or you get eaten by a cat. Or you get a potato. Or you get a potato. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I can see that. Yeah. But as I get into the Yulas, you're going to prefer just to get eaten. Because oh, they're okay. annoying. Okay. <laughs> In more modern times here, they've been mostly described to as, like, Santa Claus. But they are generally depicted as wearing late medieval-styled Icelandic clothing, but are sometimes shown wearing the costume traditionally worn by Santa Claus, especially at children events. So imagine, like, 13 men dressed up as Santa Claus, but they're not the same person. Oh, Jesus. So I'm going to get into uh, the Yule Lads here. So there's 13, and like I said before, their names kind of describe what they do. Okay. And then there is a poem, so I'll read that afterwards. Okay. But the first Yolad, there's a lot of Icelandic names. I'm not even going to try. But I'm just going to read the English translation of it. Okay. So yeah, the first one is Sheep Coat Claude. That's number one. So he arrives on the 12th of December and leaves on the 25th. So not only do they come in one by one, they stay there each for like 13 days. Oh, my Lord. Each one. So oh. you're stuck with them. Oh, Jesus. You're stuck with them. So he arrives December 12th, leaves on December 25th on Christmas. He harasses sheep, but is impaired by his stiff peg legs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number two, we have Gully Gawk. He arrives on December 13th and leaves on the 26th. He hides in gullies waiting for an opportunity to sneak into the cow shed and steal milk. Okay. So not as bad, but no. if your whole, like, what is it, like your whole business is cows and milk, yeah, that that's can true. be. Yeah, you're stealing milk. You, that is definitely going to put a dent into your, uh, into your finances. Yes, absolutely. Number three, Stubby. 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 He is abnormally short, steals pans to eat the crust left on them. Wait. <laughs> steals pants. No, pans. Pans. Cooking pans. Oh, my God. I literally thought you said pants. And I'm like, what the fuck? You're like, fuck? what crust? What the fuck crust are you talking about from pants? No, food, food. Oh, God. Okay. But he arrives on December 14th and leaves on the 27th. Okay. No, but a lot of, a lot of the things between the Yule ads and stuff, it's like they're either complete assholes or they just steal your food. So it just depends. Like, they okay. have, like, their own little categories. <laughs> the next ones are pretty much the food ones. So okay. get ready. So that was Stubby. Let's see. Number four, we have Spoon Liquor. 
<laughs> so he comes in on the 15th and leaves on the 28th. He steals and licks wooden spoons. He is extremely thin due to malnutrition. Aww. So the poor guy, he's just licking spoons. So like, if you're in Iceland, just leave your spoons full of food. Let him lick that spoon. Yo, I would literally just leave out like mountains he, of spoons. Just spoons. He's a spoon Aww. licker. Poor baby. I know. Number five, the pot scraper. <laughs> These are their names, like that, like legit. <laughs> pot scraper. He steals leftovers from pots. As oh. simple as that. Okay. Comes in on the 16th, leaves on the 29th. And it saves for cleanup, so, okay. Yep. Number six, bowl liquor. Oh, Jesus. So he hides under beds waiting for someone to put down their esker, which is a type of bowl with a lid used instead of dishes. And then he just steals them <laughs> to just lick them. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so he comes in on the 17th, leaves on the 30th. Let's see. I'm losing count here. This is number seven. Door slammer. <laughs> That's it. Door slammer. He just slams doors. Yeah, right? he likes to slam doors, especially during the night, waking people up. What an asshole. So he's just an asshole. He comes in on the 18th, leaves on the 31st. Okay. At least he leaves before the new year. Just yeah, slamming right? your doors every night. Oh, my God. Then we have the Skyre Gobbler. So he... So that's kind of like Skyer, excuse my, like, my pronunciations. We already know I don't know how to speak. <laughs> but Skyer is similar to yogurt. So he's just, he just eats yogurt. That's all he does. That's all he does. That's all he does. He comes right. on the 19th, leaves on the 1st. So no, it's a self-leap yogurt outside. Got it. That's all he does. He just eats yogurt. Okay. It doesn't say he steals or anything. He just eats the yogurt. Okay. Then we have the sausage swiper. <laughs> <laughs> swiper, no swiping. But, like, he's sneaky. He hides in the rafters and snatches sausages that are being smoked. Oh. So you probably, like, leave it there. You leave, you come back, your sausages are gone. Oh, no. Yep. And he comes out on the 20th, leaves on January 2nd. And then we have one of the, the creepy ones. We have window peeper. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. But it's not as bad as you think. He, he's a snoop who looks through windows in search of things to steal. So it's not as creepy, but like... But it's still creepy. He's still peeping in your window trying to steal your stuff. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. He comes in on the 21st, leaves on January 3rd. <laughs> this one is my favorite one. Okay. I love him. Doorway sniffer. What the <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> This poor baby. What? He has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell, which he uses to locate leaf bread. So oh. he's just sniffing in your doorways for the bread. Aww. But his name is Doorway Sniffer, and I love him. <laughs> he comes in on the 22nd and leaves on January 4th. Okay. So just imagine, like, as we're talking about this, imagine, like, the overlap. You're eventually going to have, like, all of these in there at once. Oh, no. At least for one day, you're going to have everyone in that house just doing all this shit. Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? I just pick up and move. <laughs> oh, God. I just leave, like... Pans and spoons. Like the food, like the food the ones food aren't that bad. And just leave it all out in my front yard and just be like, here, leave me alone. And someone's going to be walking by the house like, what the fuck? Why is all this shit on our front yard? Yeah. See, like they're not that bad, but it's just like, eh. Yeah. Oh, that would suck. Yeah. The, my second favorite one is this one. Meat hook. Meat hook. Meat hook. And it's as simple as he uses a hook to steal meat. Okay. 
but I, I, I don't know. It seems kind of dangerous. He just has a meat hook walking around. Yeah, that's kind of terrifying. Yeah, but he comes out on December 23rd and leaves on January 5th. Okay. And then the last Yule lad we have is Candle Stealer. Oh, jeez. So, he follows children in order to steal their candles, which were once made of tallow and thus edible. So, for the most part, they're all just trying to steal food. So, I don't know if Gryla feeds them, but, like, almost all of them. Yeah, almost all of them, except for Door Slammer. (laughs) I was just trying to (laughs) steal. Door Slammer's just an asshole. Yeah, Door Slammer's just an asshole. But Candle Stealer comes out on the 24th and leaves on January 6th. Okay. So those are the Yule Lads, and I love them very much. Those are amazing. And they're pretty fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, nobody come for my boy Doorway Sniffer. Just leave him alone. Leave him alone. Doorway Sniffer. Yeah, that's it for the Yule Lads, but I have the Yule Lads poem. Yeah. And this is the English translation. So it's not really like a poem poem, especially because it's translated into English, but it's just like kind of more explanation into them. Story folklore. Yeah, basically. So I'm going to go ahead and start. Okay. So sheep coat Claude. First of them was sheep coat Claude. He came stiff as wood to prey upon, upon the farmer's sheep as far as he could. He wished to suck the ewes, but it was no accident. He couldn't. He had stiff knees, not too convenient. (laughs) <laughs> that's it like it doesn't even rhyme and then <laughs> the second was gully gawk gray his head and mane he snuck into the cow barn from his craggy ravine hiding in the stalls he would steal the milk while the milkmaid gave the coward a meaningful smile yeah like it's just like what? not even a poem <laughs> but stubby was the third called a stunted little man who watched for every chance to whisk off a pan and scurrying away with it, he scraped off the bits that stuck to the bottom and brims his favorites. The fourth was spoon liquor. Like spindle, he was thin. He felt himself in clover when the cook wasn't in. Then stepping up, he grappled, stirring the spoon with glee, holding it with both hands, for it was slippery. We're kind of <laughs> getting there. Okay. Pot scraper, the fifth one, was a funny short of a chap. When kids were giving scrapings, he'd come to the door and tap. And they would rush to see if there was really a guest. Then he hurried to the pot and had a scrapping fest. <laughs> Bowl liquor, the second one, was shockingly ill-bred. From underneath the bedsteads, he stuck his ugly head. When the bowls were left to be licked by dog or cat, he snatched them for himself. He was sure good at that. <laughs> the seventh was door slammer, a soft... <laughs> A sorry, vulgar chap when people in the twilight would take a little nap. He was happy as a lark with the havoc he could wreak, slamming doors and hearing the hinges on them squeak. So he's just an asshole. He's totally an asshole. Scryer Gobbler, the eighth, was an awful, stupid bloke. He he lambasted the Skyer tub till the lid on it broke. Then he stood there gobbling. His greed was well-known. Until about to burst, he would bleat, howl, and groan. So he ate too much. <laughs> the ninth was a sausage swiper, a shifty pile fairer. He climbed up to the rafters and raided food from there. Sitting on a crossbeam in so- and in smoke, he fed himself on sausage fit for gentle folk. The tenth was window peeper, a weird little twit 
who stepped up to the window and stole a peek through it. And whatever was inside, to which his eye was drawn, he most likely attempted to take later on. So not as creepy as we thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. My boy, 11th, 11th was Door Sniffer, adultish lad and gross. He never caught a cold, yet had a huge sensitive nose. He caught the scent of lace bread while leagues away still. He ran toward it weightless, a wind over Dale and Hill. It doesn't really rhyme, but... He's just hungry. He just wants food. You know, he just wants a little bread. Poor little guy. <laughs> Meat Hook was the 12th one his talent would display as soon as he arrived on St. Thorlax Day. He snagged himself a morsel of meat of any sort, although his hook at times was a tiny bit short. The 13th was Candle Beggar. T'was cold, I believe, if he was not the last of the lot on Christmas Eve. He trailed after the little ones who, like happy sprites, ran about the farm with their fine tallow lights. Hmm. So that's kind of the old lad's poem. That's cool. Right? So that's it for the first set of Christmas cryptids. Yay! Oh, I'm excited for what she got in store for the next couple weeks. Yeah. this is. I'm really glad I got to talk about this. I, I learned about them, like almost two years ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, I, I heard somebody else talking about them, and I'm like, let me look into this. And I'm like, oh, I love them. That's amazing. I love them. Well, I saw that thing about the cat before, like the Norwegian cat. Yeah, when you sent me that, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, bet. I'm going to talk about it all. Yo, and I was just, I, I literally saw it on Facebook, and it was like, this, just this thing is like, yeah, in Norwe- like in Norwegian culture, they have this cat that eats people that don't get new clothes for Christmas. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, she wanted me to talk about it. And yeah. I'm like, no, I got you. No, I know, I know, you, I know, I know who you this got is. me. And I was just like, what the hell? And so I literally looked it up. I'm like, oh, shit. And so I was like, Nicole, check this out. And she's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, of course you know, because you're like the cryptic queen. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. Awesome. Cool. The Yule people. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Well, I hope you, I hope you guys enjoyed our little episode, mm-hmm. especially the cryptids that Nicole brought to the table because, oh, my God. Thank you. Those were amazing. I love them. <laughs> door sniffer. Yo, door slammer. I'm, I, I, I can't get over that guy. He's an asshole. Jesus. <laughs> Swear to God, if anybody starts slamming any doors in this house. That's how you know. Sleep, They're coming. Yo, bitch. No. Ugh, when's the first one show up? What's like? What's the earliest? December twelfth. December twelfth. Okay. God damn it. All right. Well, that's our episode. You better behave. They're coming. Yeah. Don't forget to get new clothes for Christmas, or that cat's gonna eat you. And so, and put a shoe out on your windowsill. Yo, I'm gonna put a shoe on Emma's windowsill. <laughs> and be like, gonna, they're gonna come and just put a potato in it. Just put a potato in it. <laughs> She's gonna be like, Mom, what the fuck? <laughs> They left me a potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Well, anyway, thanks again for listening, guys. You guys are amazing. Um, you can find us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that jazz, Tumblr, Reddit. Um, you can find all those links on our link tree if you go to l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash C-F-T-G. 
dyslexia. I got so dyslexic for the last couple of episodes. It's not CTFG, it's CFTG. So L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash C-F-T-G, Cheers from the Grave. Um, and on that website has all of our links for our website, our merchandise, um, Patreon, coffee, um, all that other fun stuff. So check it out. We should do Christmas merch. We do need to do Christmas merch. <laughs> Doorway sniffer. Doorway sniffer. Oh, my God. Kina, do you hear this? Kina. Doorway Kina. sniffer. Door slammer. Kina. I love you. Maybe some other cryptids. Get on this. I'm going to message her after this Coming about around. this. Oh, my God. Yes. I hope you guys are ready. I'm excited. Yo, we definitely need Christmas merch. It's, oh, it's going to happen. I've been waiting for the Christmas cryptids, like, since you guys, She's like, like, for a while. super oh, excited I'm about excited. this. She's, like, literally edge of her seat, like, Eek. so giddy right now. I'm ready. Uh, I think I'm actually starting to kind of get into the Christmas spirit. I'm a, I, I still to, hate Christmas, but I'm excited wait, to talk about the cryptids. I wait until after Thanksgiving to get excited-ish about Christmas, or at least somewhat. No, I'm a Halloween so, girl still. I'm a Halloween girl, too, but I'm okay with Christmas. I just mm. want, but there's a lot. I saw something about how apparently there are, are people that are like, bring back the whole telling ghost stories during Christmas. Oh, Apparently wow. that's a thing. I mean, so, yeah, ancient traditions and stuff. Yeah, we need to, we need to do some Christmas ghost Christmas stories. ghost story stuff. Stories. I don't know if I even said the if word guys, right. If you guys have any Christmas ghost stories or anything of that nature, please, please, please send them in to cheersfromthegrave at gmail.com. Yes. So that'd be awesome. So anyway, if we can get over our dyslexia one day, we can do a telling of the Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God. It's like when I write my own notes, like I'll proofread them and everything. And then like when you put me in front of the mic, I just forget. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I'm sitting here reading it. And I'm just like, just, it's like word vomit. So imagine just like reading an actual story. Oh God, we die. <laughs> we die. Just make up uh, our own story. Well, anyway, <laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom. Good lord! <laughs> Keep that in there, I'm Kyle. Just sitting here like I gotta go. All right. Well, anyway, let's wrap this up, America. I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Cheers, Cheers from, from the, the Grave. grave.